So friends, we only have authority over those things that we walk in victory. And we have to walk in the light to have victory over sin and authority over sin in our lives. The theme of walking in the light, that that will be a major theme today. We talked about it last week. We talked about bringing the lies of the enemy into the light. So as we're continuing this series on on soul care and freedom, I want to just remind everyone once again, there's two books that we um, have really pulled from in this series um, that we'll be quoting the authors on uh, and giving credit for. And we encourage you guys to buy and read these books. And uh, the name of these books are Soul Care by Dr. Rob Reimer, not Rob Reiner, the comedic director, Rob Reimer, and Spiritual Warfare by Dr. Carl I. Payne. So, we have this suitcase up here. And we have it up here because we're going to be talking about this a lot. Our life is like a suitcase. If the suitcase is full of lies and fear and anger and resentment and hurts, then there's not much room for good things like joy or love or hope or peace because the suitcase of our soul it it can get full and here's the good news we do have say of what what we in the power of Christ Jesus put in and take out of this suitcase a lot of times the things that are heavy the things in that first category that I mentioned the lies the anger a lot of times they block us from intimacy with God. When we have trusted our lives in Christ Jesus, we are no longer blocked from the love of God. But there are things that block us from receiving and feeling and being aware of his intimacy. And if you don't believe me, just think for a second about the power of shame when we allow shame to be one of these things in the suitcase of our soul. Even though our God is big and mighty and loving and his love is huge, shame can block us from that intimacy. It can actually keep us from being into his presence. I don't know about you guys, but there are many times where in the past when I was a younger man, I didn't come to church because I felt like I wasn't worthy of it because what, you know, how I might have blown it you know, over the weekend or different things and I felt shame and I felt unworthy. And so I allowed those things to keep me from the love of God. The love of God for me didn't change. There was just something just stuck in my soul that I had to unpack, give to Him and, and come into His presence where He can fill. Last week I talked about identity and I talked about lies. I read from Ephesians 1. And, and where it says 11 times in that first chapter, in Christ, in Him, in Him, in Christ. You are in Him. And in Christ, that is where we find our identity. Because in that place of identity in Him, we are whole, we are forgiven, we are free, we are mighty. There's times I don't feel mighty, and I have to remind myself, I am mighty in Christ Jesus. There's times I don't feel free. And I don't let my emotions be the driver in my life, but they are an indicator. When I don't feel things, it's a good time to examine, is there something that's blocking me 
from God's freedom. There's times I don't feel loved. Is there something blocking me from God's affection? So I talked about lies last week. That it's easy to buy into the lies. And the devil, Satan, he is an accuser and he is a liar. That is part of his name. Sorry, I'm going to mess with this. If uh, this gets bad, someone just bring me the handheld. The enemy lies. He lies about our worth. He lies about our value. And he lies about God. Satan has the audacity to stand before the throne of God, making accusation against the saints day and night. That's what we see in the book of Revelation. And so he's a liar. Today, I want to talk about another one of those blocks, one of those things that could block us from intimacy with the Lord. And what I want to talk about is sin. Sometimes the block between us and the Lord is sin. You know, we talk about the unpacking of the soul. And there's sometimes there's the really obvious things and they stand out and they're black and they're ominous and they're heavy. And we realize what they are and we say, oh yeah, it's one of those obvious things. Lord, I... And whatever we, whatever this name is, whatever we name this, it could be fear. It could be shame. It could be a very significant hurt. But, but it's, it's obvious to it. It's big and it's black and it's heavy and it's obvious. And we say, okay, Lord, in you, I know that you're my healer. So Lord, I'm just, would you, would you touch this part of my life as I just present this to you, as I bring this into the light? Would I bring it into the light and I ask you to heal me? And he does. Now I'm going to throw it down right there. But the truth is that the Holy Spirit takes it out of our sight. It's our sin as far as, as the east is from the west. And so the big obvious things, sure, those are actually kind of easy to identify, to look at, and to get rid of. But then there's times we can go, okay, we're good. We're good, all good, empty, right? We're done. But have you noticed <laughs> something about suitcases? What do they always have? Hidden compartments. Secret compartments. Places that can be forgotten. Have you ever been on a trip and you put something in one of those secret compartments and like two years later you go on a trip and you're like, there it is! My favorite razor or my favorite whatever. I'm like, I've been looking for that thing forever. It was in the secret compartment. Some sins we don't mind people knowing about, right? Just think about them. Think about, think about the sins that we do that we're like, yeah, I'm not necessarily proud of it. You know, I'm not like, you know, glorifying the sin. But yeah, if, if someone knew it's, it wouldn't like crush me or shame me, right? Or maybe it's just me. But some sins, we fight at all costs from letting others know about. Because see, if they knew those sins, then they wouldn't like us or they wouldn't respect us or they wouldn't love us. So what do we do? We hide them, right? We took them away and we hide them. Today we're going to look at the barrier 
of sin because sometimes they do block us from the good things of God. I want you to know that time doesn't take away sin. I don't care how long it is. Time doesn't take away those hidden things. These hidden things don't come out until we bring them into the light. And just like the big obvious things, sometimes we look in there and we go, all right, I, I don't know. Don't know what that is, lead? Okay. Sometimes they're not the big glaring things and we go, oh, yeah, I, yeah I'd push this down. I know what this is. Ooh, I. I'm telling you right now, God is trustworthy. He is. And He's not just partially trustworthy. He's not just partially good. He's completely good. He's completely trustworthy. And I'm telling you right now, whatever the things that are tucked deep, we can trust God with. In looking at sin, we're going to look at repentance. In Matthew 3, verse 2, John the Baptist declared this. He said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus soon thereafter used the exact same phrase. John, just a chapter later in Matthew 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You guys, sometimes, unless we unpack that that suitcase and, and the sin from that, we can't get closeness that we desire with people and with God. Think about it. Think about, I mean, with God, we have a relationship. He's a relational God. He's, he's a person. But let's think about what we have with each other. Let's think about times when there are hurts with one another and there are barriers that instantly go into place and sometimes it could be because of sin. Sometimes it could be of, because of anger expressed or it could be some sort of you know, insecurity that was expressed in a way that was selfish or self-centered. But we look at it and all of a sudden a barrier gets placed between us and that person. And we know it's there. It ain't going nowhere. It ain't going nowhere until we take intentional acts to remove those barriers. And those acts, we have incredible tools in Christ Jesus. Forgiveness, repentance, confession. If, if I've done something to hurt a brother, to hurt a sister, I am equipped with the grace of God and confession and repentance. I get to say, okay, Holy Spirit, you've, you've put your finger on my heart. I know what I did was hurtful. And Lord, I... Lord, I confess I did that and I, I repent, Lord. I changed my mind. There's a, I sense a transformation in the midst of that decision of, of changing my mind. And I turn from that sin and I turn to you and thank you, Lord. But then he said, what about that relationship, though? What about relationship, though? So then I go to that person, then I go to that sister, or I go to that brother and I say, hey, I just want you to know I'm sorry. I was thoughtless. And, and if I can just be honest with you, I was feeling insecure and I was feeling very self-focused and my response, I, I think it was very self, 
focused. And since I was thinking about me, I did not think about you. And I said this and I did this and I'm sorry. And then they say, thank you. I forgive you. And then those barriers that were there, where are they now? They're gone. I don't know where they are. They're not here. They're not between us anymore. They're gone. Isn't there power in that? That just by that act of submission to to the Lord and the things that he said, the, the power to remove barriers is now gone. Well, we have that same power when it comes to those heavy, dark places in our life. I know the things I can talk to you about, and I know the things that will instantly make you defensive. Dudes, the minute I ask you how your marriage is or how you're doing as a father, a wall, and it might not be this wall, but it might be this wall. A wall comes up. Good, good. Marriage is good. Family's good. I'm not, I'm not ever mean to my kids. I'm never harsher. No, I'm good, good. Marriage good. Why? Because we just, that's not what we do. What do we say? How you doing? How's work going? Good, good. How's the backyard? Good. Cut, long, all right. Awesome. Good talking to you. What not talk? And once the bro came up to another bro and was like, hey man, how's your heart? How's your heart? How, how's your soul doing? How, how are you doing? How are your, how are your emotions doing? But we should, because we are complex. See, our, our spirit man, our spirit man is, when we trust in Christ Jesus, when we believe in Christ Jesus, our spirit man is saved. It is perfected. It is perfect. We are a new creation. Our spirit man is saved and perfect, but our soul is not. It is flawed. It is hurting. And it's full of baggage that we need to unpack and fill with him so that our soul can start to look like our spirit man. Does that make sense? The word repentance, it's, it's the Greek word, I'm talking about the Greek word repentance. And it's the word metanoia. It's kind of like paranoia, right? Paranoia means to be beside your mind. Metanoia means to change your mind. But it's more than just changing your mind. It, it, it indicates transformation. See, because when we, when we believe in Jesus, when we hear the truth, there should be transformation and there should be change. There should be a change of direction. If we're, if we're even a single degree off, if this is where, where we should be walking with our eyes set on Christ, if we take our eyes just a little bit off, by the time I've gone 50 yards, I, I've, I'm way off course. By the time I go a mile, I'm way off course. And so when we change our minds, we say, Lord, no, I'm going to, there you go. That's right. That's what you said. That's what you have for me. That's your heart for me. Changing our minds, repenting about the pain and death and division that sin brings, it's essential to the healing of our soul. But we got to know what God thinks about the matter. And, and unfortunately, it's not often enough that we say, Lord, what do you think? What do you think? What are your thoughts? Lord, what are your thoughts for me? You guys, with that journal that you have, if you don't have a journal, here's what we're going to do. We have a journal for you and we're going to pray with you before we give it to you. Just a quick prayer. But here's what we're going to pray. We're going to say, Lord, speak to this brother, speak to this sister about your thoughts for her. About what's on your mind about her. Lord, about what you want to touch and about what you want to heal. Lord, would you just prophetically declare what you want to do and what you're going to do We'll keep our eyes on you.
Lord, would you highlight what you want to highlight? Lord, would you would you dote over this sister as, Lord, you want to dote over her? Lord, would you have your way? Jesus, amen. It's just a quick prayer. But this isn't just a, um, a, you know, a, a quick handout, something that has no significance. It has significance because God has specific thoughts about you. And there are specific places that he wants to touch in your life. Do we have the courage to say, Lord, I'm about to unzip this this compartment in my soul because I do believe that that time just doesn't take away sin time doesn't just take away some of these hurts that you're asking me to bring them to you because you want to touch them you're asking me to bring some of these sin to you because you you want me to repent of it and you want me whole because see sin is heavy guys sin is heavy it, we're never meant to, care, to carry sin. That was the work of Jesus. He carried it out on the cross. But yet there's times we do, and when we don't come to him in repentance, that's exactly what we do. You guys, we will never get well until we embrace the value of repentance. We will never enjoy closeness with God to the measure that he desires until we embrace the value of repentance. We will never get freedom until we stop Retaining secrets. Let's turn our Bibles to First John chapter one. This is the heart of this message that the Lord has given me today. We talk, especially the last two weeks, we've talked a lot about being in the light, of living in the light, of bringing things into the light. And I'm letting you know, we don't have to fear the light because God never asked us to bring something into the light to shame us. Ever, He bring, asked us to bring things into the light to heal us, to free us, to love us. Does God know about this secret pouch in the suitcase of my soul? So at any given time, couldn't He unzip this and dump this out for all the world to see? He could totally not his nature totally not his nature he'd never do that he'd never do that that would bring shame that is not what he does what he says is son you can trust me with this harmonica even with this hidden compartment there's another hidden compartment there's harmonica in there you can trust me with this I'm not going to shame you I'm not going to reject you I'm not going to think less of you I love you but you're carrying this around and it's affecting your life. It's affecting how you love others and it's affecting your love for me. You can trust me with this. 1 John 1, verses 5 through 10. This is the message we have heard from Jesus, from him, and proclaim it to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. If, let me read that again. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness. Secrets are darkness. Secret sin is darkness. The things that we keep from God and that we keep from others is darkness. And he's saying right here, Jesus is saying, if we say we have fellowship with God while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with whom? 
He throws us a curveball here. This is a curveball. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship. In my mind, I want to put together logically, then we have fellowship with God. And that's not what he says. He says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another because he made us to be relational. And when we walk in the darkness, it does affect our relationships with one another. If you're married, if you're walking in darkness about something, that does affect the relationship with your spouse. Children, if you're walking in the darkness of something and you're, and you're not bringing it to the light of the Lord and, and even trusting the parents that he's given you, it's heavy and it will affect your relationship. Surprises are good. Secrets are not. I walk through the door and I'm like, surprise! We're having a mark day. There's lasagna and cake. <laughs> mark day and football. The team wins. The Raiders win miraculously on this mark day. Yeah, I know. That's why we don't have mark days because they never win. Surprises are good. Surprises are good. Secrets are not. We're not supposed to have secrets. We have felt one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Once again, we're lying and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Man, that word liar is used quite a bit. Man, it's the Lord's coming with it saying, just be honest with me. Just be honest with me. I, I've shown you I'm good and I'm only good and I'm telling you right now there's no darkness in me. None, not even a little bit. Trust me. Walk in the light with me. Hold your head high with me. You are mine. You are free. You are, you are loved. You guys, if we are really in the light with God, then we have nothing to hide with God, right? Not a trick question. If we're in the light with God, we have nothing to hide with God, Right? Being in the light, it means we're vulnerable, yet completely safe. Isn't that awesome? Totally vulnerable, totally bare, but completely safe. It means we can bring lies with us into the light, but there's not even the hint of accusation. And if we are really in the light with God, then we have nothing to hide with our brothers as well. We have nothing to hide with our sisters as well. Now, I want you to hear what I'm not saying right now, okay? I'm not saying we go on this crazy spree of confessing all of our sins, like on mass scale, or even to people we don't trust or to people that can't carry the weight. I am not saying that, okay? But I am saying there's got to be someone in your life that you can say, hey, can we head up to the mountains? I just need to, to unpack some things from my soul and you're my closest friend. 
and I, I just need to I just need to confess some things and I'm asking you here's all I'm asking you to do is to hear me and point me to Jesus you don't have to have a single answer you don't have to have a single response you just have to tell me Jesus loves you maybe after everything I say just remind me that Jesus loves you that I've given can you do that? If you don't have a friend like that, then I'm letting you know that our pastoral team will do that. We will do that and we will not judge you. There's nothing you could say that could make us not like you or not love you or think less of you. Why? Because of who you are in Christ Jesus. That's all we see because that's all he sees. We purpose in our heart to see as he sees. It's too scary as heck. I know that. But how about let's start this way. Let's just go to him. Let's just go to the mountains alone with him. Or let's go into our prayer closet or our backyard or we go for a drive or we go for a walk and let's just, we say, Lord, you already know the secret compartment of my soul. But I want to let you know anyway, Lord. Um, in When I was a sophomore in high school, Lord, I've never told anybody this. When I was a sophomore in high school, I did this. Lord, I repent. I just, I, I thought time would take it away. But Lord, I, I really, I know you're asking me to bring it to you. So I'm bringing it to the light. I'm bringing it to you. Can we imagine for a second what the Lord's response to that scenario would be? Can we just imagine? Can we allow our hearts to imagine, not just our minds. Can we imagine what his response to that would be? I'm here to let you know. His response is love. It is not judgment. It is love. It is not shame. It is love. It is not a bunch of, uh, a list of religious push-ups that we now have to do to get in right standing with him. See, Jesus already paid the price for that. We're already in right standing with him through Christ Jesus. We just have to believe. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Remarkable, remarkable scripture. This should blow our mind. If we are not in the light, and we do have secrets, then we have more than an issue with secrets. In that case, we have an issue with pride. And we have an issue with bondage. And we have an issue with sin. And we've given it place to be head upon our hearts that God never intended. We give it place to, to bind us when we were never meant to be bound. Not in Christ Jesus. We're in Christ Jesus. But when we care more about self-preservation than we do about getting healing from God, that is bondage. That is pride. When we care more about how others would see us than we do about getting healed. That is crazy. I want to be healed. I want to be whole at whatever expense. But see, that's the beauty of it. When we bring it to God, there's really not this cost. There's not this heavy thing. We just bring it to the light and say, I don't even know what you're going to do with it. And you already even know about it. But I haven't brought it to you and I'm bringing it to you now. 
And I guess I'm just giving it to you and asking you to do with it what you will. You guys, we can't walk free from sin and close to God as long as we are pretending. As long as we are hiding. Because the one thing that he's asking of us that we we saw repeated again and again, he's just looking for some honesty with him. Honesty with him. See, I understand this message. Man, it's, it's one of relationship with God. Nothing about this message speaks of uh, religious obligation. This is, he loves you. He wants you to be whole. Will you trust him? And if you trust him, be honest with him. Pretending and hiding from what? From the light. Also, from actually dealing with it. Sometimes it's hard just to. I've got to now dig and find that thing that I had buried and I had put so far behind me. Now you're asking me to dig it up and bring it to Him? Yep. And it's not me who's asking, it's Him. I made this statement to start off my sermon. We only have authority over those things that we have victory in, and we have to walk in the light to have victory over sin. We have to walk in the light to have authority over sin in our lives. So let me make it this simple. Let me just kind of switch it, that statement up a little bit. We walk in light. We have victory. We have authority. Boom. We don't walk in the light. We have limited victory. Because I'm telling you, man, as long as this stuff is in here, as long as all this stuff is in there, you tell me that, that we're fully walking in victory? No. Because that's heavy. And we carry it with us everywhere we go. Every trip we take, that's got to come with us. So we're not totally free. We're not totally whole. And he's saying, just bring it to me. Just bring it to the light. I want you free. Walk in the authority that I've given you, but in do so, you've got to agree with me what I say about you. You've got to agree with me what I say I am. This is the Lord saying. Agree with me that I'm good. Agree with me that there's no darkness in me. And trust me. Second Peter 2.19 says this, They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. So even though the Lord declares you a free man, the things that are hidden were a slave to it. That's what this said. I love this quote. Christian author David Benner has this quote, and this is from the Soul Care book. Here's the quote from David Benner. The self that God persistently loves is not my prettied up self, but my actual self, the real me. But master of delusion that I am, I have trouble penetrating my web of self-deceptions and knowing the real me. I continually confuse it with some ideal self that I wish I were. And that resonates. The self that God persistently loves is not your prettied up self, but your actual self, the real you. But masters of deception that we are, you have trouble penetrating your web of self-deceptions and knowing this real you. You continually confuse it with some ideal self that you wish you were. 
We all have things that that we wish we were. We all had areas of weakness that we wish we were strong in. We all have areas of failure that wish we were victorious in. We all have areas of weakness that wish that we wish that we were strong in. We all have areas of pride and and self focus that we wish we were free and God focused in. We all have them. Do you want to be free? Step into the light and bring all the garbage with you. I have one of one of my dearest friends. If I said his name, you would know his name because in the Christian realm, he's he's kind of a celebrity. And he, he called me one time and he said, Hey, Mark, I've called you and I've called this friend and I've called you and we're all flying together and we're all coming together and here's here's what we're doing. I'm going to come together and we're all going to come together, but I'm just going to confess every sin that comes to mind and I've been writing them down. I have things from elementary school on, things I never gave to the Lord. And, and I'm going to confess every one of them to you three because you three are my closest friends and the most godly men I know. And I know that I can trust you with these things. You're going to point me to Jesus. And then at the end, what I want you to do is I want to actually, uh, I want to be baptized again. So I want you guys to baptize again. This guy's a pastor. This guy's, this guy's a worship leader. This guy's phenomenal. He had the revelation of, I don't want a secret compartment in my soul. I don't want them anymore. This guy was not walking in sin, just so you guys know. He had not had a moral failure. That is not what happened. He didn't have some, he didn't have, he wasn't unfair to his wife, and he didn't, he did not have that. He got revelation that there's a part of his soul that he had denied from the Lord, and he said, no more. And he said, I brought it to the Lord, but now I want to bring it to you guys. I just feel like this is something I have to do. And then he assured us, don't feel like you have to do this. All you got to do is, is tell me he loves me and, and point me to Jesus. That's all you got to do. And then like, eat a steak dinner with me later. And he was in town for just over 24 hours. Flew out here on his dime, bought us dinner, did these things. The other guy, you know, other guys flew in. It was powerful. It was fearless. It was fearless. Don't you want to be fearless? I want to be fearless like that. Do you want to be fearless? Then, then bring these things into the light. Proverbs 4.23 says this. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. There's another translation that says, guard your heart above all else, for, for from it flows the springs of life. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. I want to tell you what this is not. This is not self-protection. This is not self-preservation. That is not what God is saying. What he's saying is, make sure your heart is viable above all else. Make sure your heart is soft and not hardened above all else. Make sure your heart is available to me above all else. That's what that's what's being said here. And that's what God desires of us. So how do we get a heart like that? So these are two easy, easy steps. How do we get a heart like that? One that's repentant and pliable and hungry and trusting. Number one, we ask Him for it. 
You can do it right now. I'm going to pause. If you want to ask him right now, just you can even do it silently. You don't have to do it out loud. You just say, Lord, I want a heart like that. For those of you that asked, here's his response in Ezekiel 36, verse 26. Okay, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll give you a soft, tender, pliable heart. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and still be careful to obey my rules. Be careful to obey the good things I have for you that I know are going to benefit you. What God is after, friends, what he's after is full access to your heart. How would you feel if I did this? I'm like, David, man, I, I really love you and I really think really highly of you. Man, you got free reign of this place. Free reign of this place. Except for the kitchen, classroom three and classroom two and those front two bathrooms. Other than that, dude, this place is yours, man. You can lay the land. That's what we do with God. We say, you've got access to, to the places of my heart, Lord, except for this room and this room and place and this experience and this hurt because it's just too hard to bring it up. You understand, don't you? And he's like, bring it to the light. You Trust me. You know I'm good. You understand that, don't you? Pliable, healed, whole hearts. That's what he wants for us. What are the ways that we know our hearts have them hard? I'm just going to rattle off a few, but if you'll ask the Lord to show you if your hearts become hard, he'll show you. He'll show you right away, and then I want you to write those down because it'll, it'll elicit a response from you with it. You'll say, Lord, you know, th- this is what I'm feeling, and he'll say, okay, this is what I want you to do, and he just wants you to bring it to the light with him. You ever have a hard day when you're in the office or if you have a home office or in the school or wherever you are and, and all of a sudden you find a break and you step outside into the sun and it just beats down and you feel its warmth and you get that vitamin T for just a second. And you just step into the light. And it's even better when we do that with the Lord. So what are the ways we know our hearts have become hard when we're defensive? That's a, that's a pretty good one. When we're quick to just be defensive, it means our hearts become hard and there's probably a hurt there. God wants to touch it. When we're unforgiving, when we refuse to forgive. See, here's what I believe the Word of God shows us is that we remember the debt that Jesus paid for us that we could never repay. And when we remember that, we forgive others. When we're prideful, when we're unloving, when we give up on people, when we write people off, that, that's a sign that um, our heart, part of it's gotten hard and God just wants to make it pliable again. When we've given up on God. See, there's worldly sorrow and, and there's godly sorrow. Worldly sorrow is, uh, I'm sorry I got caught. I'm sorry this has now put a strain on our relationship. You know, I'm sorry I got found out about. Or even, hey, I, you know, I'm sorry you're hurt. It's not owning anything but saying, I'm sorry you're hurt. You know, if what I did hurt you, man, yeah, what you did hurt me. 
you shouldn't be sorry that I'm hurt. You should be sorry that you hurt me. But that hardness, what is godly sorrow? Lord, I'm sorry I sinned against you. Lord, I'm sorry I took my eyes off you. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm remorseful, Lord. In that moment, I just, I wasn't trusting and I didn't represent you. But see, godly sorrow also has a hopeful side to it that worldly sorrow does not have. Because in godly sorrow, then we can sit there and go, Lord, I repent. Lord, I, I repent. I changed my mind about that behavior, that action, that thought. I know what you think about it and I still did it my way. And so, Lord, that change of mind also requires a change of angle. And I'm going to do it your way. Guard your heart above all else. You guys, time does not cleanse sin. Psalm 32, 3-4 says this, When I kept silent, and, and let me just, I think I have the liberty to do this. I think it's scripturally. When I kept silent or when I kept this silent from you, when I kept this hidden from you, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer unrepentant and unconfessed sins. It affects us physically and emotionally and mentally and relationally. It affects us in every way. It's heavy and it drains our strength. All right. In just a few seconds, I'm going to ask everyone to stand. And I'm, I'm not yet. I'm just preparing you. I'm just trying to be thoughtful. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. And in standing, you're only going to be standing for a short while because we're, we're closing this out. But I'm going to ask you to switch from my voice being the primary voice you're hearing right now to the voice of God being the primary voice. Let me let my voice just be background noise. And I'm going to ask you to not look to my face, but I'm going to ask you to truly look to Jesus, to imagine Jesus standing right before you. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to look at his face, look at his expression, look at his hands, look at his gesture, because I, I, what we're going to ask is for the Lord just to reveal right now for this moment for you, his response to you. Response to what? Response to the, the hidden thing that we're going to ask him to reveal to you. I, I'm going to ask him to reveal the hidden things to me. But I need you to ask him to reveal the hidden things to you. I need you to trust him that much. Can we all stand? And can we position our hearts to that place? You guys, God's asking us today to bring him stuff that we've never felt for him because it's just been carried around for far too long. Maybe it's a particular sin. Maybe it's a, a particular cycle or pattern. Just You've been around this before and it's just this pattern of shame or defeat. So just close your eyes. Can we take a moment to just to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us
Whatever it is that God might be asking us to bring to him today, can we ask that right now? Holy Spirit, reveal to us what it is that God's asking us to bring to him. Would you reveal it now? Friends, when it, when it hits our mind, when it hits our heart, don't dismiss it because this is something God wants you to bring to him and you can trust him. Identify that thing. If you have to, give it a name. Give it a label. Because guess what? It's not going to stay. You're going to bring it into the light and, and you're going to give it to the Lord. Once you know what that is, I just want to see yourself right now bringing it into the light and giving it to God. You can trust Him. You can trust Him with every place of your heart. You know what those things are. It could be multiple things. You know what? Bring it into the light. Right now, bring it to Him. Fully. Fully. What? He's already waiting there. He's already waiting there. So bring it to Him in the light. Just join Him in what He already wants to do in your heart. What He already wants to do in your soul. He's right there. Friends, just just see him right there. He makes this promise. I will never I will never forsake you, which means he's here with you right now. And it also means this. <laughs> through that hard time, he didn't leave you during that hard time either. Even during that sin, he, he didn't run out on you during that time. He was there now. And right now he's saying, give it to me. Trust me with it. So you know what those things are? If you know what that thing is, just give it to him right now and look at his response. Give it to him right now. Holy Spirit, would you just heal right now? Just heal hearts right now as we bring these things into the light. Lord, would you fill us with your love? No empty space, Lord. Fill it with your hope, your love. Listen, is he saying something to you right now? If he's speaking to you, I guarantee it's something about love. It's something about his love for you. It won't be a word of judgment. Listen to him now. Look at his face. Look at his eyes. Lord, would you even show us what you're doing with that sin right now? Lord, would you show us what you're doing with that secret thing that we've now given to you? If we can open our eyes. Stay, stay seated for a second. I'm going to close this out. We can come to the Lord at any time with with that same sort of vulnerability, that same sort of expectation of hearing His heart for us, hearing His love for us, seeing His expression for us. Because He's not He's not a, a statue on a cross on a wall. He, he's not just a religious icon or a token of of, of religion. He, he's Jesus, and He loves you, and He's real, and He lives. And you can trust Him.
And he fully, fully exemplifies the Father's love for you. Always has. Always will. Throughout this series, there's other things in there. I don't even know what this is. There's other things that the Lord's asking us to bring. Some of the things are hurtful and harmful and and, and they're painful. We can trust Him. I'm just letting you know we can trust Him. That friend I mentioned, man, I, I honor that dude's courage. And here's what I'm, I'm telling you right now. That same courage is within you because Christ Jesus is within you. That courage that my friend showed, it's in you because Christ is in you and He says you're courageous. And he says, I'm courageous. And I believe him. I believe in what he says about you and I believe in what he says about me. And I believe that these things are lies. Lord, I just ask that as we leave this place today, Lord God, that, Lord, would you just continue to love on every person here? Fill them up. Lord, give hope. Lord, give them even a stronger sense of expectation of what you are doing and what you desire to do and just how good and trustworthy you are. Lord, I pray blessing over every individual every child, every teen, every adult, every marriage, couple, family. Lord, just speak your blessing, your joy, your happiness, your favor.